good morning to each one. I greet you in Jesus' name. Good to see each one of you here. Special welcome to the visitors. We're glad you're here. I invite you to join in and worship the Lord with us. Today, as you know, is a special day for our mothers. And so to all the mothers, happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day, I believe, is a reminder of God's faithfulness to us on many levels. On Mother's Day, we reflect on our human mother, but Mother's Day is also a reminder that the womb is God's great tool for the salvation of the human race. God had to borrow one to accomplish his plan. He fulfilled his promise through a borrowed womb. Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And so mothers should be honored by us. God honored them all in the Incarnation. Some of you may wonder why I take Josh's place <laughs> from time to time. And I don't know if that has been explained to the congregation exactly what's going on the first six months of this year with the preaching schedule. But back in December, I had to ask for a lighter load this year in 23. And so I'm on once a month here at Ebenezer and once a month at another church in the conference. And I asked for that in, because of uh, pressure in our home and business and life at this time. And so due to that, it, it makes it work out where Josh has to preach two in a row occasionally. And so I told him back in January on those two months where he has to preach two in a row, I would try to do one of those for him. So... That's what this is all about. I'm not trying to steal Josh's sermons. <laughs> so anyhow, I thought maybe I should explain that. It's the second time it's happened this year. So, But back to Mother's Day. The Bible says to honor your father and mother. And this command is repeated at least nine times throughout the Bible. The word honor means to prize, value, esteem, hold dear to something that is precious. Now, not everyone here today is a mother, obviously. But however, if you are here, then you have a mother to honor. And Deuteronomy 20 verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Of the Ten Commandments, the commandment to honor your father and mother is a special commandment. It's unique from the other nine. It's unique in the fact that it is written in the positive. Honor your father and mother. Instead of something you shall not do, it's something you can do. 
And unlike the other nine commandments, it comes with a pronounced blessing that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And Paul, writing in Ephesians 6, 1 and 2 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Okay? So he, he caught on to that as well. And so I have titled this message, Honor Your Mothers. Actually, I titled this message, singular, Honor Your Mother. <laughs> well, today I want to honor two mothers of one of the greatest men in Old Testament history, and that man is Moses. From the day of his birth, God had a special plan for Moses, and in working out his plan, God saw fit to give Moses two mothers. Jochebed was his birth mother, and his adoptive mother is simply known as one of Pharaoh's daughters. And through the influence of these two mothers, Moses was molded into the kind of man that God needed to fulfill his plan. And so I invite you to Exodus chapter 2. But before we begin in Exodus chapter 2, let's reflect a bit on chapter 1. Now, I've said here before, and I'm going to say it again today, the people that we read about in this book are real people. Okay? Keep that in mind. They got hurt. They had pain. They were sad. They were happy. They were real people like you and I. And sometimes we have heard these stories so many times from little up that maybe they become like fairy tales, okay? But they're real people with real emotions. What happened in Exodus chapter 2 was real. But let's talk about chapter 1 just a bit. But in chapter one, the Hebrew population is growing by leaps and bounds. And the king Pharaoh is worried. And so he tries in several ways to slow this, what he sees as an out-of-control population growth. And the concern is that the Hebrews will eventually be stronger and greater in number than the Egyptians. And for him, that probably was a legit concern. And so chapter 1 ends with a drastic measure. And that was simply throw all the male babies into the Nile River. But the baby girls, they can be saved. Now, imagine being expecting parents and hearing such news. And knowing you had a 50% chance of keeping that expected baby. 
Can you imagine the emotion that went along with that expecting? It's hard to put words to it. But I did think about it. If that was happening today, I imagine there would be some grandparents mighty jealous of Beverly and I. Because we would have all our grandchildren. <laughs> Does that put it in perspective? Well, I'd like to read, and as I read, I will make some comments. Chapter 2 of Exodus. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore his son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. And so with this birth of this beautiful Hebrew boy, there is now a choice. And that choice is life or death. Society said that this baby was not wanted. This male child was to be thrown away. And so choosing life for this child put this Hebrew family at a great risk. I'm sure they were nervous and on guard constantly, trying to keep him quiet, trying to keep him from being heard and noticed. And not only from the Egyptian people, but also the Hebrews, you see. Imagine if you had to throw your son into the river, and now there's another Hebrew family that has kept their son. You see, they knew if their secret would be found out, the baby would be killed, and more than likely, they themselves would be punished severely for not obeying Pharaoh's command. And so you can imagine the fear Moses' family lived with every day. But even though there was fear, I believe Jochebed never once regretted choosing life for her son. So let's keep reading. Verse 5 of Exodus 2. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him 
out of the water. And so Pharaoh's daughters, along with her maidens, they arrive at the river. And as they approach the river, they see this strange-looking basket floating among the reeds. And she sends a maid out to receive or retrieve the basket. And the maid wades out into the water, and she brings that basket back to the shore. And they open that basket, and in that basket they find a crying baby. In verse 6, it says, And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. So she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. And this is the first place in the scripture where we find the word compassion. And what a beautiful place for the word to be used. This is one of the Hebrew children. This is one of the children that my father, Pharaoh the king, decreed should die. And so, as she looks on that crying baby boy, she too must make a choice. And that choice, will it be life or will it be death? You know, for the princes, the easiest, the safest, and the thing that would have made the most sense would have been to let that child die. Just simply push the basket out into the current and let nature take its course. Teenagers, you know, to flat out disobey father's decree is never a good idea. You learn that at a young age, don't you? Whoa, oh boy, <laughs> I won't do that again, you know. You see, for Pharaoh's daughter, to obey the decree would have brought her in favor with her father. She could have went home and said, Dad, guess what I did for you today? I went down to the river and one of the Hebrew families had put their little boy in a basket. I just shoved that thing out in the current and away it went. You see, to disobey the decree... It put her life at risk. It put her reputation at risk. It put her reputation at stake. It put her father's reputation at stake. What would it be like to make such a decree and your own daughter doesn't even obey? Pharaoh's daughter chose life, having no idea what it may cost her she drew him out of the water. So now at this point, Moses has two mothers. One a Hebrew, the other a Egyptian princess. Both chose life for a child at the possible expense of their own lives. Both mothers lived in a culture of death. Both mothers lived in a society 
that decreed certain children should not live, and yet they chose life. If you're familiar with Exodus, you know that God brought judgment upon Egypt for Pharaoh's wicked decree. When God punished Egypt, he brought ten plagues upon them, and the tenth plague was the death of the firstborn. And so Egypt decreed death for the Hebrew children. God decreed death for the Egyptians' families as well. And as I thought about that, I had to reflect on our own nation who kills 3,000 babies a day. The judgment, the coming judgment for such wickedness. And so on this Mother's Day, honor your mother for choosing life. And so Moses, he now has two mothers that love him dearly. And as he grows up, he, he becomes shaped into a kind of man because of his mothers. Imagine what kind of mothers they must have been. Any mother who is willing to risk what these two mothers risk would be the best mothers that this world could ever know. Jochebed did everything she possibly could do for her son. The preparation of the little basket boat, how it was made, where it was placed, all this I'm sure was prayed over, planned, and thought through from one end to the other. And it's interesting, she placed that basket where she knew it would be found. Have you ever thought about that? She, did, she didn't pick a random spot. She picked a spot where she knew it could be found. And that's why Big Sis was just put over there off to the side, you see. She was to see what would happen. It's been said that what your mother did for you before you can remember, birth to three or four years is probably more than what you can remember. Have you ever thought about that? What you can't remember, your mother did more for you in that time than what you can remember. And so on this Mother's Day, honor your mother for the prayers, all the planning and thinking that went into your life or is going into your life today. So back to Pharaoh's daughter, after opening the basket, I believe she immediately falls in love with this crying Hebrew boy. And her first concern is the child's immediate care. I need someone who can take care of this child. And from a young Hebrew girl who happens to be close by, she hears of such a possible candidate who she quickly had sought for. And this possible candidate arrives on the scene and she passes the job interview with flying collars. Her instructions were, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And what a change of events. 
she is now getting paid to raise her own son. <laughs> God works in miraculous ways. But sometime later, we don't know how long, Moses was brought back to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And we read in Acts 7, verse 2, that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Pharaoh's daughter saw to it that Moses would have all the advantages her culture could supply. She wanted him to be more than a common Hebrew laborer. Her dream for him was to rise to the top, to be a leader, or possibly a ruler of nations. And she succeeded in making him into a man who was powerful in speech and action. And so, on this Mother's Day, honor your mother for the time that she has put into your education. Think about it. It's the mother who makes a difference in a child's education. Mom is the one that prepares little Melvin for the first day of first grade. Mom is the one that makes sure little Melvin has plenty of rest, a clean body, clean clothes, a good breakfast, a good lunch. She takes him to school in the morning and picks him up in the afternoon. Mom is the one that sees that the homework is complete and she signs those homework slips. Mom is often the one who spends time in the evening helping to study for a test, giving out spelling words, listening to Bible memory, reading with them the story for the next day, whatever it may be. Teachers, we appreciate what you do but it's really the mother who makes the difference in a child's education. And so to the mothers of school-age children, I encourage you to learn from Pharaoh's daughter and be involved in your children's education. Don't just send your children off to school and assume everything is good. Make sure it is good. Is it hard work? Yes, but it is work that will make a difference. Pharaoh's daughter was a mother who was involved in her child's education. And according to the scripture, it made a difference. Now, as important as a good education is, only Jochebed gave Moses the one thing that could change his life. Even though Pharaoh's daughter supplied Moses with the best education of the day, the best schools, the best teachers, Hebrews 11.24 tells us that the time came when Moses refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. There was something that Pharaoh's daughter had not supplied him in. There was something missing in the best education of Egypt. And what was missing was a knowledge of Jehovah God and who he is. And so we can learn that without God in the center of our children's lives, there will be an emptiness that nothing else can fill. 
In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon looks at all the advantages a man could have in his life. Wealth, education, power, success. And towards the end of his book, he declares in chapter 12, verse 8, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. But in the very last verse of chapter 12, Solomon ends his book on the meaninglessness of life with this advice. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. And what is Solomon saying? I believe he's saying that life without God is meaningless and empty. And it's only with God that we can reach our full potential. You know, once we know who God is, we realize that we have been made in his image. We begin to see and understand that we are part of his plan. We have been created for a purpose. There is a reason that God has placed us on this earth. And somehow Jochebed, in a short window of opportunity, impressed upon her son a knowledge of the true Jehovah God. As she raised her little boy, she realized she only had a short time to impress upon his heart the things of God. What did she tell him? What did she teach him? Did she tell him stories of men like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? I believe she wanted, to, wanted Moses to know the God of the Hebrew people. And so on this Mother's Day, honor your mother for showing you the true God. Honor your mother by making her God your God. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Honor her for choosing life. Honor her for all the effort that she has put into your life, the prayers, the planning, all the thoughts that went into raising you. Honor her for the time she gave for your education. And most of all, honor her for teaching you about the true God. And so, in conclusion, I have a few words to share that are not original with me, but I thought it summed up this story well. And I share them to the mothers here today. And it goes like this. I'm sure that in Jacobed's plans for her son's life, she never imagined co-parenting with an Egyptian princess. Yet we have seen how God used each of these women to mold and impact his life. God knew that Moses needed the influence of both women in order to fulfill the mighty task God had in store for him. How often do we think we know what our children need when in reality we have no clue? Fortunately for Moses, Jochebed was strong in her faith and trusted God with her beloved son. 
She allowed God to work in ways that made no sense to her, but took life day by day in obedience to him, even when that meant handling him over to a pagan princess. We too need to trust God, even when we don't understand what he's doing. And so I will close with two verses from Proverbs, which simply say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. God bless you all. God bless you mothers. And God bless each one of you as you honor your mother today. Let's call for a closing song.